Those other podcasts keep telling the same old stories over and over. Nobody cares about the swerve, bro. We provide you with new content. Now this is fucking entertainment. TMB Studios. It's what you want. This episode of The Shootout with Bill Blanchard is brought to you in part by... Looking for some merchandise from your favorite Livewire Wrestling star? The only place to get it is at Livewire Wrestling Spreadshirt Store at shoplivewire.ga. Here you'll find the largest selection of merchandise from your favorite Livewire Wrestling stars. And we are always adding new designs, so you'll always find something that fits and suits your taste. So head on over to shoplivewire.ga and get yours today. Warning, the views and opinions expressed by the guest on the shootout are not the views and opinions of TMB Studios, its management, or the host Bill Blanchard. They are strictly the views and opinions of the guest and the guest alone. If you are offended by any of these views and opinions, please stop listening now. It's time! What was the craziest thing you ever did in the ring that people said, oh my God, that boy is stupid? Put over Brandon Parker. What? <laughs> no, no. I mean, because we did some pretty weird shit over there. I mean, me and me and Devin Wright at one point had a buff bitch match. Whatever, dude. A buff bitch match? Damn. And he looked like the pig guy off of Captain America. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> that's that's just that shocked the fuck out of me. How one guy who's just asking straight up questions to people, straight up answers, is getting more hits than something that brings a lot of people back to their childhood. And, I mean, this is kind of funny. I appreciate that. You ready? Go ahead. Perfect. Do we really have to go there? No, I heard Vince's comment about that. He said, hey, even God himself has a, has a sense of humor. You know, I mean, wow. Had to create a Christopher Dwayne Dickens. <laughs> oh, God. How many ring racks? How many ring racks did you have backstage? There were rumors about... How many ring racks wanted to get some... Dirt? Wait, 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 what? Yeah, how many ring racks you actually had some Ring dirt? rats? Oh, boy. Oh, God, Chris, educate what Joe Dirt, what ring rats are. Oh, the one even Wolf Call were turned down. Dale Cheryl. <laughs> Damn. I hit another zinger right out the park. Wow. Uh, wow. Don't forget, no, we have no. to put six over in the main event because he's the top guy. And, um, yeah. Well, Hogan must pose, you know what I mean? Hogan must pose. I'll it, Bruce. I feel like going to the Cheeto show in Patriots Park. I was like pissing on the grave. That one, bro. The shootout with Bill Fletcher. My question was: Alan Lewis says he did not want TNB a part of UCW. He did want TNB on the flyer. You know, that's what, that's what part that confuses me. He didn't, uh, he, but he never specified that until after everything started rolling. It is, it's strange that I was told by Alan, do whatever you want. 
it's your call. I'm I'm only wanting you to help out with production, but you're in full control of what to do. And when I made the decision to utilize, you know, what I had, the tools that might have spent to help promote ECW, and things started moving along. And then when I started producing the flyers, and I specifically asked, I said, um, who should be on the flyers? I asked Don and Jade, who are your sponsors on the flyers? You know, they gave me the book, uh, the, the, the book uh, group, and then um, the signs. Uh, and then they said, Deathlock Productions and Touch My Bass. And then I'm like, you want me to put Touch My Bass on there? And I remember specifically, and you can ask Jay Garganis this. Uh, I said, do you want me to put Touch My Bass on there? He said, are you producing ECW Unhinged? Are you making these flyers? And technically, you're sponsoring the show. Put it on there. So I did. And... It wasn't a trying to step on anybody's toes or anything. I was just utilizing the tools that I had available and, and, you know, my reach within the wrestling business to try to help. Because in the long run, Don Brown, Jay Garganis, and everybody involved with UCW are people I've known for years. And also, it's been said time and time again that UCW was basically AWF, uh, just in a different format, so to speak. I will totally disagree with that. I, I don't agree with it, but at the same okay. time, just, I mean, it's just like it's just like if they WCW was a bunch of old eight, uh, WWF guys, which is which is still bullshit to me too. Hold on a second, Chris. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I disagree with that because it wasn't run like AWF. That's what I'm trying to say. AWF did it better. I'm not saying that at all. It's just that when a man says UCW's legacy is that he proved that he can do what you couldn't do, Chris, what I couldn't do, what Carl J- Garganis couldn't do. Of course, Don Brown couldn't have done shit without Carl J. Garganis, so that's another story, you know, for another day. No. No, I don't never consider. I never could get Jay by can. You might can. That's fine. That's all's opinion, and you're a damn sure entitled to it. I will never consider UCW as another brand of AWF. I no. never. Let me let me clear the air on that. I never considered it. The next step later, I said it was said that way, um, time and time again, and, and there's been multiple people who said it, including Mr. Garganis himself. Um, it's just their opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at that time, I was like, okay, just what we were talking earlier about redemption. I was like, maybe this is my opportunity to redeem it. Maybe I can help get this going and, you know, be a part of something bigger and greater and, you know, take what I know and take what I can do and help build it up. And it was never to step on Deathlock's toes or Alan's toes because when he came... Christopher, 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 I am known for doing this. I call bullshit when I say bullshit. I approach you, my friend. I said, Chris, what are you doing? It's like you're trying to campaign, like you're trying to prove TMB Studios is, or TMB Productions is, out, is, is better than Deathlock. It's like you're trying to prove 
you can do a job a hell of a lot better than Alan Luke. It's almost like you're campaigning for the position. And you looked at me with a big old smile on your face. You said, hey, Bill, look at my phone. Look at my camera. Don't the HT look a hell of a lot better? And I just laughed and slapped you on the back to walk away. <laughs> Don't try to bullshit me, bro. <laughs> Don't step on okay. <laughs> okay, okay. You didn't step on toes. You stopped that. You stopped this freaking foot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. Here's, we'll call you Here's the thing. We all talked about, you know, Alan's cameras and the production and everything back then during UCW time. Yeah. But so when I come in and, and, you know, I'm providing a better look, a better feel, and a better quality, of course I'm going to brag about it. <laughs> but it was never in the sense to say, you know, I'm trying to to outdo or outshine or anything oh, like that. Bullshit, I, listen, bullshit dude. You get bullshit, bullshit. Okay. bullshit right? I'm going to be straightforward with this. The more <laughs> brought, you're bullshit, dude. You're sitting there laughing. Sitting there laughing. You're sitting there laughing. But the man brought me in with the simple words was, "I need Chris Dickens's production style. I need Chris Dickens's." abilities in the wrestling business that's why i want to bring you on board and oh, honestly when i made that yeah, comment say that. yes i remember him making those comments and i remember alan was at this show alan was in this show alan was in this show and you're sitting there telling me that i will put my eddie up against anybody i'm still waiting to see what alan can do and you were going you're your filming i mean you were i mean for you to sit there and say you wasn't trying to step on Jeff locks Toes, you, didn't step on it. you stomped it, dude. Because you Buddy, proved your point, in my opinion. Okay, listen to me. I'm not calling that What point? What point did Alan Luke prove that? Hey, mess right now. I'll put you on the spot. Did Alan Luke and Jeff Lock Productions ever do anything to make you go, "Oh shit, that's shot. That's freaking awesome." You know, but how many yeah, people what? came to you and said, "My God, Chris, you're a fucking genius. I love this shit, man." Jeff Lock Productions. I saw what you was doing. I'm watching you. Me and Jay are both talking about this. Like, hey, you know, it's just going to blow up, right? Yep. You going to stand there to him? But nope. He's going to watch it explode, right? Yep. Okay. You know, and I said, when I confronted you, well, you looked at me and smiled. And I said, Chris, what are you trying to do? Trying to prove you out you're better than Deflock? Well, you know, you looked at me and smiled. So don't try to tell me you weren't trying to prove a point that you're honestly. I'm going to be straightforward. I don't remember what day that happened, but I know that. No, I, I don't remember what show that was, but honestly, it had to be a point to where me and Alan already had a conversation. Because uh, there was that point where you were talking. He told you every, all your programming, all the rest of the podcasts you had, he wanted it. He wanted all in Def Block. He didn't even want TNB even mentioned at this point. Then Alan couldn't come to this show or that show or that show. I think because of work related, he couldn't get it off of work. So you're down there and you're working, you're filming. I mean, you were doing some serious hustling too, by the way. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, running around like crazy. I mean, you were, I mean, you were, it's almost like you're campaigning for a job. I mean, you were really on point. And try to make sure everything looked good. And you even told me that night. I said, hey, I'm still waiting to see what Alan can do. I'll put my editing skills against anybody. And if it was after that point that he had that conversation and he 
he threw out there that he wanted the shootout, he wanted this, he wanted that, that he didn't want to be mentioned at all. He just needed me as a partner because he needed me to Sorry be a black. No, it's fine. Um, but okay. if it was at that point, then um, the shit had already hit the fan and the writing was already on the wall. Oh, hey, hey, this is before the shit hit the fan. Because like I said, when this was going on, I said, you know, when Alan gets back, he's going to see all this stuff, right? And Tay's like, yep. This is before. It's like right before it happened when this was going on. Now, when Alan comes back and he hears that I'm still I'm still promoting TNB on the live microphones in a crowd, he is going fucking ballistic. He's calling me out, cussing me out. And, you know, he wants to know what the fuck is Chris doing? You know, then he confronted you. And this is when you tried to remind him of what he said, which he denies, as far as doing the Unhinged show. Then you stopped doing Unhinged, if I remember correctly. And then all of a sudden, I think you got your big promotion opportunity to go work somewhere else. And then you end up having your last show in Grovetown. And, of course, me and you had a falling out. And then that was all she wrote. You were gone. But when you were doing yep. that, though, that was before the blow-up thing happened between you and Alan. Well, we never had a blow-up thing until um, a few moments after that. Uh, I do remember there was a point where he told me he wanted all the programming. I do remember a point where he told me that basically CMB is garbage, that he wants uh, the shootout. He, he told you everything or AWF that you did was fucking garbage. That my heart, my blood, sweat, tears, Jay's blood, sweat, tears, hell, Night Stalker, CJ's, anybody who took a bump in AWF ring, I said it was garbage and it was crap. All of us either they were tired, get on a slim fast diet, and they go to the gym, hit the freaking weight, and y'all can't wrestle worth shit. He was totally disgusted. He was going to change all that freaking shit. You know? I mean, yeah, and his eyes, AWF, he did not like it, you know, and criticized everyone freaking there. That's all, Alan. Good luck, good luck creating your own little military army right there, buddy, because you pissed off every single body that damn dude when he made that freaking comment, you know. And 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 I wanted to work with him at the time. Yeah, he comes back in UCW. He tried to get things going. He had a plan that he wanted to create that number one production company. That in his eyes, his vision was Christopher, which you noticed. His vision was simply this. He was going to get Viwo Pro. Yes, Mr. Kitchens. I said Viwo Pro. He was going to get Livewire. He wanted Mike Ellison's. What was it? Was it Bad Boys of Wrestling? Bad Boys of Wrestling. Mike Ellison's promotion. UCW, United Championship Wrestling. And possibly at the time, IWA is tuned in Blackwood. He wanted to do production of all those guys. And he thought that was the key to monopolize. Um, independent wrestling in the CSR right. Granted, I laughed my ass off when he said that. And so for one, none of those guys ain't going to work for each other. If you want a production team for one, they don't, they're not going to want you too, man. The egos were never allowed to happen. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I said, I don't think about what you just freaking said. You know? I, I, I mean, you think Vince McMahon's going to have Monday Night Raw on TNT and, you know, and dose them at the same time? You think you would say when I have WCW Aaron? No, dude. That shit ain't going to fucking work. What the fuck are you thinking? Well, I mean, Chris, tell me the truth here, man. Do, do you honest, in your honest opinion, do you think Kitchens and Hancock, do you think Johnson, do you think Blackman, do you think Don Brown would have all been able to work? I mean, oh, yeah, Mike Ellison. 
you say they all would have worked together and allow Alan Lou to produce all their shows. I mean, no. Yeah. Not a snowball's chance. The <laughs> only way it would have worked, because then it would have like, all our shows look the same. But yeah. They would have wanted something, but maybe one, and then they would have been on, him, on top of them about, when's my show coming out? When's my show coming out? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. Ain't no way. I mean, that's the roadblock he ran into anyway. He started getting asked, when's the show coming out? And he said, fuck it. I'm not even going to do it. He went through the same problem that you went through of doing too much, got overloaded, got overworked. Everyone's calling you, well, when's the show coming? When's the show coming up? You know, I need you here. I need you here to do this and everything. And it just wasn't going to work, man. There's no way it was going to work. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to turn this to the whole shoot on Alan Luke or... You know, because he's going to be on the show. He's going to give a chance to defend himself. Like I said, that show will be coming out soon. It's going to be called Production Nightmares. So he's going to say what it is to try to do a wrestling promotion and his experience on a production side of things. Of all the fucked up shit that can go wrong. And and then try to appease egos. Middle-aged egos. You know, he, 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 I don't know, he, he calls it all fraud. He all calls it all fraud, bunch of rip-offs. You know, egotistical maniac bullshit. And he, he's got so disgusted with it, he wants no part of it. In his eyes, Christopher, he thinks the only way to make money is doing cinematic-style pro wrestling. You can't even call it pro wrestling. Cinematic entertainment-style fighting, whatever you want to call it. I, it's, just, it's just something I didn't agree with. You know, I, I, hell, man, go ahead and put your thoughts on that. Cinematic wrestling, um, when done correctly, could be amazing. Um, but it needs to be used very, very slim uh, when it comes to the business because the only thing it's good for is furthering a storyline or ending a storyline. It doesn't need to be something that happens every week. Um, Lucha Underground, in a sense, had cinematic when it came to their promotion, their promo part. That's fine. You know, that part being cinematic is fine. But when it comes to the matches, only time that needs to happen is if it's a specialty match and it's a big event. Um, for example, uh, we did the, um, the Backwoods Brawl match at um, Dedication 2010 between Broken Arms and Dead Reckoning. Right. In this that would be considered a cinematic match. Because it was filmed out of the arena. To the rooftop, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> yep, that's the cinematic. Um, yeah, anything like that is considered cinematic because it's filmed away from the arena. You have the ability to yell cut. You can do different camera angles. And you can film it the way you choose. You can have it go the way you want it to go. And... The thing about it is, if you're trying to do cinematic wrestling on a weekly basis, every match, one, you burn your guys out real fast. And I know somebody, Alan especially, would be like, no, they work less because they have, they do all these matches at one time, and then I just air them, so they basically get a month off. Um, you're dealing with independent wrestlers whose me- pay goes per match. Split second. Let me cut you off your first split second. Now, let me ask you this question about what you just said. Now, okay, let's say someone like Kid Riot, Josh Magnum, okay, Darkness, 
okay? Um, any of those type of, you know, big ring talent, J.C. Walker, if you would. You know, um, God, what's his name? I hit it, my brain goes blank, you know. Guys like Adrian Davis, guys like L.A. Smooth, guys like, God, the guy Jeremy Cruz wrestled in October inside the cage. He's current live wire champion. I thought no. man, man, I this guy. I can't find my mind went blink. What's his Matt name? Sell. I, I want to say Max something. Matt. Matt Sell. Yeah. Matt Sell. Oh. Matt Sell. Man. Sorry about yeah. Sell. Anyways, someone like him, okay? Now, let's just say Matt yeah. Sell versus Kid Wright, okay? And Alan Luke wants to see a suplex and a drop kick and a hip toss and a power slam, blah, blah, blah. And Alan says, hey, man. Hey, man, that power slam didn't look right. Shoot it again. What? Yes, man. Bullshit, man. A power slam didn't look fucking right. I said do it again. I'm paying you to do a match. I want you to do this match here again. Okay? Or or, or Josh Madden doing a 450 splash. Boom. Hey, Josh, man, it wasn't the right angle. I want you to do it again. You know? Now, tell me how long, or tell me, if that, what do you think their response is when someone's trying to film them in a choreographed fight, in a choreographed match, move for move for move, and he says, nope, I didn't look like shit, I look fucking terrible, do it again. You got another $20 for me to do it again? Yeah. That's exactly what they'll say. That's how it is. They get paid per match, per appearance. for appearance. So you asking them to come in and do multiple matches, do multiple takes, multiple moves that could necessarily uh you know wear down their body quicker and then also oh, hinder them another no crowd. Keep this in mind, no crowd. Because live crowds are for the birds, live crowd is, is, is bullshit. He wants to do it all privately do it strictly online because that's where the money is. He doesn't want to do no more live crowd, no, no more live audience than a wrestling show. The two guys show up and he films them wrestling and he says, nope, that move looked like shit. I want you to do it again. You know? You think these guys would do it, honestly? And if it looked like shit, you think they're going to do it again? I mean, seriously, tell me the truth to you. In your, in your opinion, in my opinion, they're going to tell Alan to go fuck himself. Just my opinion. <laughs> What do you think? What I mean, what's your opinion? You think they'll do it with no crap? They're gonna, they're gonna tell him to take his thumb, turn it sideways, reach around his back, and shove it up his ass, and and go do the damn thing yourself. Um, because they're not gonna do if this you're, move you're again. Not they're not at Walmart. If you're told to stock some shells to go on the other side, stock those shells. Are they gonna do it? Because that's their job. I'm paying them to do a job. So you tell me, a professional wrestling, I'm their boss. I'm paying them to do a job. Let me tell them they ain't going to do it. You know? That's just, that's just surveillance. If they're a top employee, they've been there for 10 damn freaking years, I don't see them freaking doing it like that. Then no, this is my job. This is what I'm going to freaking do. I said, a professional wrestling, you guys have earned their keep in this business. You're paying them to put asses in the fucking seats. Okay, you're if you're a promoter, you're paying them to draw money to have a good match. Okay, if you're telling them that your camera guy could get the right angle at the right shot for your online audience, it's gonna tell you tough luck. Unless you're gonna freaking trip up my pay, for me to get up and do it again. But no, no, he said, oh yeah, in wrestling business, yeah, I'm being told if I pay somebody to do a job, they can tell me to go fuck off. They ain't doing it. I mean, yeah, you can offer them money, 
You can tell them up front, hey, man, if the camera language look like shit, I'm going to want you to do it again. But how's that going to work in front of a live audience? Oh, we don't do live audiences here. Now, Christopher, in your honest opinion, do you think wrestlers feed off the crowd? Did they need a yeah. crowd to have a good match? I mean, didn't the WWE look lost? The talent look mm-hmm. lost in those empty arenas? They still look lost. And, and you know, they have a semi-crowd with the Thunderdome bullshit. And, and I was a part of that, and I experienced it, which is, in, in all honesty, is the worst possible way to have a wrestling show. And I get that they had to do something like that because of the pandemic. Don't get me wrong. But AEW had it figured out. They brought the wrestlers out in the ringside, had the wrestlers act as a crowd. And then slowly... They had employees there trying to act like a crowd. But, I mean, the Thunderdome thing with the TV monitors, I mean, it's a new look. It's interesting. You got the crowd action in the back left. I mean, this is all, you know, you know, edited crowd noises into it. I mean, they had to do what they had to do because of the pandemic. I get it, you know, but despite the fact is, it doesn't work when it comes to the wrestling business. How many times in AWF when we did not have a crowd was it so hard to get something going and to get something over without? She couldn't tell. If the, if the eyes was into it or not. You know, you know when it's time to wrap up, what's not to wrap up. Like, if, hey, hey, man, we're losing, we're losing the crowd. We need to do something drastic or go ahead and take it home. You know? I have heard stories that, let's just say, for instance, I have heard stories that Ric Flair will be out there with anybody. And Flair will not stop the match until he gets that crowd on their feet something. You know, that's one reason why he was the greatest. Because he knew how to feed off the crowd. He knew how to get the heat. He knew how to get the baby face to get them to pop. He knew the psychology. And part of the psychology is knowing your audience. You can't do that on online shit. I don't care what anybody says. But Alan Luke says he knows it all. And me and Jay didn't know freaking shit, you know. Enjoying my podcast, my son just got in the car. I'm multitasking, wrestling fans. I'm being a parent, picking my kid up from school, and talking to Chris Dickens on a podcast. Be quiet while I'm doing a podcast. Sorry, my Well, whatever. Who cares if he beat us? I was number two today. I sat in this freaking truck for an hour and a half, and this is what I get. He still beat us. In the cold rain, 33 degrees outside. Good Lord, son. You want me to be in first in line today? I'm first in line. You're still complaining. Golly. I don't care. Tell Evan to that country wide. Still getting. <laughs> Thanks, cop. I can still turn left. Anyways, let's get back to wrestling here. Wrestling. But like I was saying, like I was saying. Thank you, thank you. Like I was saying, it takes psychology. Part of their part of understanding psychology in the ring is to have the ability to feed off the crowd, the cheers and the boos, you know, the heat, the pop. Understanding what that freaking means, you know. How can you do that? Okay, okay. What are we doing here? Making an action movie? You know, we got to do it Van Damme and Steven Seagal and, and Stallone style. You know, we got to assume what the crowd's going to like, you know. Okay. I mean, 
yeah, right now we got to do what we got to do because they're in the pandemic, but the pandemic thing ain't going to last forever. You know? Yeah, right. the changes are made, but even right now, with Livewire and IWE at the American Legion, they're having live crowds, and they're having great shows. You know, my, my congratulations to both of them. You know, but Christopher, like I said, man, I know we're discussing your viewpoints on Alan Luke, but, you know, his, his big grand vision was he's going to hire wrestlers. Oh, keep this in mind. A guy like Damien Sick wouldn't belong in the same locker room with Kid Wright. I really want your thoughts on that. Yeah, we had a big argue with him whether or not, you know, like who, what kind of talent he want in a locker room and going kind to of fight for Damien Sick. Well, we had no place for him in our locker room. And I said, what do you have against Damien Sick? Oh, nothing. I love him. He says, nothing. Love him. Love him. But he wouldn't fit in the same locker room with Kid Wright and Josh Magnum. I said, what? So basically what you're telling me is Mick Foley wouldn't fit in the same locker room with The Rock and Steve Austin. You know, well, Damien Sick ain't Mick Foley. Well, he's a hardcore guy. You know? What's saying is James Houston wouldn't be able to fit in the same locker room with Josh Magnum or Kid Wright. Well, James Houston, his career is almost over with anyway. His knees are shot. He's an old man. Yeah, that's right. He called you an old man, Houston. You know, he lives in uh, Grove Town. Go look him up. <laughs> Anyways. But, you know, I mean, you need a variety for a wrestling card. Yeah, you need that flippity-flop bullshit. Yeah, that's why I call it. You know, me, when I look at pro wrestling, I'm, I'm treating it as, as an actual fight. Okay? I'm not treating it as a, spect- as a spectacle. I'm looking at it as a fighting kind of comp- com- combination kind of deal. You know? Not that I'm against Luchador style wrestling or the high, or the high intense flippity uh a Japanese style, but if you had that in every single match, it loses its meaning, Chris. I'm sorry. It will lose its meaning. It ain't special anymore. If I saw the, if I saw a full 50 splash over and over and over and over, eventually it will lose its special meaning, man. I believe in mixing it up. I believe in having a show where I got my hardcore fans. Okay, I've got my lightweight cruiserweight leechador style fans. I've got my guys that strictly love that Matt technical style of pro wrestling. Okay, I've got my guys who's gonna want to see some comedy stuff. You know, with Livewire, you get that. You get that because you got to speed it up, got to slow it down, back and forth kind of deal. You know, to to have a successful yeah. wrestling show, in my opinion. This guy I don't think understands that. You know. And, and for all the ones who criticize, you can't do a freaking do a flip. Oh, y'all just jealous. Like, dude, I ain't never had a desire to do a damn cock rolling all the years I've been alive. You know, when I get in the ring, I'm going to choke you out, I'm going to tap you out, I'm going to knock you out in the story. That's just what I do. It's about our pain is all about. I'll take whatever you can throw at me, but I'm going to give it right back to you in the story, period. But guys like Hunter Young and Josh Magnum, man, they live to fly. Hey, that's great. Give us Superman cake, you know? Hell no to kryptonite. By all means, by all means, you know, do it, you know? Me, I'm a Hulk smash all day long. But, again, <laughs> that's just me. Everybody's got their own taste, Chris. Yep. But, I agree. Oh, my friend, my friend, my friend. You know, it's been a tremendous time having you on the show. I miss you, man. You need to hang out more often, man. But speaking of what? which, we'll put you on the spot. Quit that whining, crying BS. You ain't going to freaking fight Christian Fear again. I'm telling you, man, that is going to put asses in the seat. Chris Diggins versus Christian Fury. It will sell out. I guarantee you, not even Madison Square Garden. 
would be able to afford that match, man. You need to get back in the ring with Christian Fury. You need to give him the career killer, that CDX. You need to figure put his ass through a flaming table and put his ass on fire all over again and then piss him out when you put the fire out. Damn. I want you to put Christian Fury on fire and scream, burn, bitch, burn. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, man, it's back to business here. No, no, no fooling around. Give me one second. Careful here for housey. Go in and get your snack out of being a little bit. Fine, 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 fine. 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 I, I, by the way, I thought you need to close off. Okay, you're the winner. I always am. You're the winner. Hey, keep this in mind, wrestling fans. My son is two belts away from black belt. Takes his black belt test June of 2021. Boo-hoo. And William Owen ain't too far, but they're like four bucks behind them. But they're what? taking, well, they're, they're taking Taekwondo crowd. Your butt well, Taekwondo is trash. Hey, yeah, yo, Taekwondo is trash. We're Cobra Kai. We're Miyagi, though. We learned everything. Anyway, <laughs> that being said. But no, um, get out of my truck here. They got, they got the range stop. Man, I have had to pee. I've been holding this in. Since the moment I said, welcome to the wrestling shootout. That sucks. But anyways, Christopher, I'm going to get back to business here, man. Get your, you know, your final thoughts on Alan Luke here in this whole scenario situation here. Um, Where do you really stand? You know, in this whole kind of scenario, this man says your work is garbage. You know, he doesn't respect you as a fellow production guy, editing guy. Likes you, you know. He just says you don't know what you're doing in the wrestling business. Despite the fact that you've had so many people request to have your work. You know. I have one thing to say to that. <laughs> what is it? Who's still doing production and who's still off the map? <laughs> I love you for that. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I'm, the wrestling shootout and SWN are the top podcasts in the area. Uh, 90s Nostalgia is getting ready to relaunch, and I still have my hands in the wrestling business in some way, shape, or form, even though I haven't been in the wrestling business since 2017, 2018. So... 2021, is that going to change? Uh, let's just say that there's a lot of changes that's been going on through 2020, and 2021 is the year of change. So, just like the song says, never say never. I mean, whoever thought Cobra Kai would come back and Karate Kid Saga would continue, Jesus Christ. So, if freaking Ralph Macchio could have a career in 2021, and be successful as uh, the Karate Kid again. Who's to say? I did not expect it. Did not. You know, I know we're off subject here from rusting talking about Cobra Kai. I never would have imagined it would have been this big. It would have had. I thought they would have done one season. Could possibly have been it. They had a second one. We would have. You know, we would have saw. And I thought for sure the pandemic would have made it shut down. I did not expect Netflix to pick it up. And the fact that it did, millions of viewers, it's becoming a, it's becoming such a cult popular in how they're doing it. Yeah, especially when you think 
especially when in the 80s, when people found out there are other forms of martial arts that some might even consider better than karate, you still went jujitsu and in the, the Muay Thai with kickboxing and all that stuff. And people thinking karate is just too much a lost art. And that's why I loved it when Johnny Lawrence said in the first um, episode of karate, hey, what was that? Like jujitsu, kickboxing? And he said, it's karate, old school karate. And it was like karate made a comeback. It's been like, when the formation of mixed martial art came out, you know, when everyone, when USC first started, you know, they had it broken down in different kind of fight styles. You kind of find out which style was truly was the best. And then you realize to be the best, you got to learn everything. And that's the mixed martial arts came out, you know. So the fact that has karate is like, my opinion, made a comeback, if you would. Even in the cinematic world of things, I mean, karate became cool to like again. You know, the fact that I've had my son in it now, for the last two and a half years, and he's on the verge of getting his black belt. You know, I've got myself back in mixed martial arts. I'm in training again, you know, and it's, man, it's been tremendous, man. And Cobra Kai is a one, two, or three. We're all three big, big hits, in my opinion. And, man, I'm loving it, man. I'm excited for season four. Yeah, same here. And like I said, you never would expect that to come out of, uh, you know, and, and you know, make this their bad turn and, and be big as it is. So, 2021, never say never. You never know what's around the corner. You never know what's going to happen. Is that you or me? I think that was me. Well, I, I can, you know, we're all having fun here. We're having fun at, at Alan's expense and Jay's expense. And like I said, no disrespect here. It's all wrestling related. All wrestling related. No hits on the belt here. But. Um, good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm dying, so. Hello? I'm still here. I just heard some weird noise in the background. Anyways. What now? One of my earpieces died. You still talk or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can wrap it up. Well, let's get on one more subject before we wrap things up. I want your thoughts on this. Okay, we we mentioned it earlier on in the show. We talked about, you know, in wrestling, you've had the Territorial Wars, you've had the Monday Night Wars, you've had the WWE brand wars between Raw and SmackDown, and, you know, then you had when TNA made an attempt to fight the WWE, you saw how fast that, they got squashed and they went back on Thursday nights, which is a cool thing. Um, now we got, we've had the indie wars and, and wrestling. We, we've We've all known the wars between AWF and Flatline, clearly documented. You've had Throne, you've had SWF, you had WFJ, you had AWA, and now years later, you had, well, Flatline Pros no longer existence, but you've got LifeWire, you've got IWE, you had UCW, which they're no longer, they officially been announced no more, which I want your opinion on that in just a second. And then you got BioPro. Which, from what I'm being told, they're permanently shut down until the pandemic officially ends before they come back. 
They just briefly announced that they're coming back in April. Oh, April. Oh, okay. Well, the last time I heard, which was a month ago, they said they're not having no more service until all the restrictions of the pandemic lifted. So. They just not started announcing two days ago. That's fine. But that being said, with all the promotions in the area, you know, trying to have fight for top supremacy here in the CSRA, another new war just started recently in I've been seeing some spots on Facebook. About, they're not saying their names, but it kind of hinted that they're talking about one another, about challenging who's going to have the best show. You know, where one, one person even says, you know, black needs to mind its own business and stay out of my business. And then, you know, you'll hear black on post things about, okay, challenge accepted. You know, I mean, it's kind of been a little rumbling here right now. But I guess well, I'm going to call it the Battle of the American Legion. <laughs> Which promotion has the better show? And it's, and it's good to have competition right now. But you know, you got March 6th, they got Livewire. Then toward the end of March, March 20th, I think, we're going to see, uh, or March 26th, I can't remember which one it is, they're going to have IWE at the Legion. Well, Christopher, in your opinion, break it down for me and your thoughts on this. You know, Billy Johnson and Livewire versus Timothy Blackman, IWE, and Change Wrestling Entertainment. As far as the competition between the two, or who's better than who? I mean, shows at the American Legion, they've both been calling each other out. You know, one felt like it's sabotaged, trying to put him out of the Legion. But so far, he's still got it worked out to stay in the Legion. You know, but right now, I mean, like I said, they're both in the Legion, battling it out. Who do you, you work for both of them? You know both of them personally. You know, how do you see this thing playing out? Yeah. It's a little complicated. I know Timothy Blackman from, you know, training with the guy and, and working with the guy in promotions. And I know Billy Johnson from working with him behind the scenes and um, some in ring. Um, both men uh, have a, a knack for business. Um, but their promoting styles are completely opposite of each other. Uh, and, and just the way in general that they run their companies is completely different. Um, you've called Billy Johnson uh, the Bill Watts in the CSRA. Uh, and that's because he runs with tight fists. Everything has to be done a certain way or you're going to face his wrath. Um, Timothy Blackman... He's not so much in that aspect of it's got to be done this way or you're going to face my wrath. It's more of, a, you know, he's more hands-on with his promotion. He's more of I'm going to get in there and be in the trenches with you sort of guy where Billy Johnson is better get in that trench and do that damn job. Um, in all honesty, both men have... Um, respect of their peers built up uh, to the point where if uh, somebody asks them to do something, they'll do it. Uh, God, when I say it like that, it sounds like we're talking about me and Daniel Maine back in the day. Uh, basically, two polar opposites, but on an equal playing field. Um, honestly, it's to me, they might have bad blood, but it's healthy competition. Uh, 
they make each other better each and every time they have a show. Because I've been looking at Livewire, and Livewire stepped their game up, especially with this upcoming event. It's Livewire, you know what that means. And then, you know, IWE has got their uh, third anniversary show coming up, and they've got some major players coming in for that, including EC3. So every time I turn around, they're elevating their game. So the competition between the two is helping each other. Um... Who do I see coming out on top of that? That's that's something I can't, you know, foresee right now. Um, well, like you know, are, they between financial and creative. Okay, do you think it's going to be a creative difference? Who's going to come out on top, or do you think it will boil down to who has a bigger who has a bigger wallet, a bigger purse, who's got more money in their bank account? It, it's kind of hard to say. And in a sense, I feel like the money is going to be the uh, the speaking aspect of this um, because as things get popular and, and you know this uh, the other people who are outside of this mainly the legion start looking at it like I can make some good money off of this one I'm gonna raise the rates up a little bit on uh, the rental fees and Timothy Blackman's already had this instance and Timothy Blackman already has another venue uh, in place I personally so, legion Stupid they did that because they're already getting some money from Livewire. And they're allowed to do alcohol sales. Yeah. They'll be doing thing. He's still tend to make a good amount of money. If I raise the bar, try to push one promotion out. You know, business aspect, that's how I would look at it. You know. Mm. But now, okay, let's 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 move on from that. Give me your opinion on that before we wrap things up here. Um it has been announced officially. Uh, United Championship Wrestling is no more. They officially had the last show. I do believe it was October 2019, 2020. They were able to go on the ground. 2021, there were talks of trying to have a show in February or March or even April. They were looking for a venue. Then all of a sudden, and I'm not criticizing this, okay? I'm a, I'm a Christian too, you know. But Night Stalker has found religion, man. He Asked Jesus Christ to come in his heart as Lord and Savior, and he decided he's going to close the United Championship Wrestling, and he wants to get into ministry with wrestling, creating revival wrestling. And they're not going to have no titles, because he says they're all champions in God's eyes. So he will not have no titles in this new promotion. He's going to use wrestling as a way to um, to witness the, uh, the people. And But, you know, I like to give your your, your I mean, if you don't want to touch on a religious side of things, that's perfectly cool. I don't think you're I'm not worried too much about you in that one, though. Your final thoughts on United Championship Wrestling, what do you think the legacy of UCW is? And what are your real thoughts about it? Uh, uh, the legacy of UCW, uh, well, you know, be the black sheep of the uh, wrestling business. I think it took AWF spot. <laughs> um, where AWF used to be the black sheep of the business and used to have the fun poked at it, so forth and so on. I see that now that's what UCW is. Uh, it had its ups, it had its downs. And, you know, it, it's going to have some fairly good memories and a lot more 
uh, terrible memories, but yeah, memories nonetheless. Um, when it comes to you know, with uh, Don Brown, the owner, finding religion and then changing over to uh, Christian wrestling, hey, um, we never know how or when or where or why. You know, the Lord picks us and and puts his hand on us and, you know, converts us over. We've all had it happen to us eventually, one way, shape, or form. I've had it happen recently to me. Um, Showed uh, his power. So, whatever, you know, divine intervention has, you know, came within Don Brown and had him changed to this way. Uh, more power to him. I'm not going to sit here and criticize and judge or anything like that. That's not my job. That's not my, you know, right. That's the good man upstairs right. If this is something that's, you know, not correct and, you know, it's, I'm not touching on that. But if that's the case, the good Lord above will answer for him on that one, not me. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm all for anybody who, who finds their faith and, you know, wants to spread the word and spread the message and spread the gospel. I mean, we were with Timothy Blackman when he did it for, for those years. So what's to say now that, that, you know, Don Brown wants to do it. Hey, all the power to the man. I'll stand here and support it. Absolutely. So, still with me? Yeah, yeah. I'm just listening to you. Okay, I was done. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, but you are saying Bible Pro will be returning in April. Yes. Well, that being said. Oh, man. I'm not losing where I'm going here. It's just that I know, you know, Hancock stripped every one of the titles. I guess he's going to have a brand new clean slate going on here. But how is that going to interfere with IWE? Caleb Kitchens was on the show a couple months ago, and Caleb Kitchens came on the show a couple months ago and pretty much talked about one of the biggest differences between Bauer Pro and Intense Wrestling Entertainment is the fact that Bauer Pro is all about the storytelling. And it seemed like IWE is all about booking the matches. I, I want Chris Dickens to put his thoughts on that. What do you think it takes to make successful wrestling promotion? Is it all about the creative storyline of itself or is it all about that you know, pro wrestling side thing? Booking great matches and let the wrestling tell the story, in your opinion. You've got to have a balance. You've got to oh. have great wrestling and you got to have great storytelling, both in ring and out of ring. You have to be able to promote your show and promote your product in a sense of, uh, you know, not just flyers, not just ads, but you, you have to have the talent that you bring in also be able to promote it as well and to push it as well. Not just rely on names, but you need to rely on 
uh, the sheer talent of the people you've brought on board. The Viral Pro does a really good job of, you know, picking great talent who have uh, tremendous skill sets and then they can, you know, cut a great promo and they're good in the ring and they can tell a great story both inside the ring and outside the ring. And, and you're just enthralled by it all. And that's a talent that not a lot of people have. So it's just, you've got to have that balance. And, and not too many promoters and not too many production people can come together and make that balance happen with uh, the talent that they bring in. You've got to know your talent, you've got to know your product, you've got to know your clientele. So that's where a lot of people in the wrestling business fail and not too many succeed. As of late, the few that are out there are succeeding because they've been in the business long enough to know what works, what doesn't, who works and who doesn't, and how their product should look and be presented. Billy Johnson, Timothy Blackman, Joshua Hancock with uh, Caleb Kitchens. They've been in the game. They've been in the game many, many years. They've seen it all. They've been a part of it all. They've been behind the, behind the scenes, behind the camera, in the ring, out of the ring. Work with multiple promotions and multiple formats. So they know what works and what doesn't. They know the clientele in the area. And they know the talent pool. So they're able to pull together a program that makes sense. Now, granted, each one of them thinks they're better than the other. That's ego. That's wrestling. Congratulations. You all have something that every wrestling yeah. promotion comes with. Uh, ego bigger than Six Flags over Georgia. So... They're all, in a sense, best for business. Without each other, they would just be competing with themselves. And they'd be on cruise control. Because then they wouldn't have nothing to worry about. And that's, that's exactly it. And it's the same thing. Southern Honor Wrestling and Viral Pro compete with each other all the time. To see who's better than them. Southern and Honor Wrestling? Southern Honor Wrestling is uh, up toward Atlanta. And okay. they have the same production value and the same uh, caliber of talent that Viral Pro has. So naturally, it's a friendly competition between both of them that they, they compete to see who's better. And that's just how it goes. Without each other, there's no competition, and you go on cruise control and think all's fine and dandy, and then your whole promotion and your show goes to shit. You gotta have your competition. You gotta have a knowledge, and you gotta have a balance. That's the best way to run a wrestling promotion. Joshua Hancock knows this. Billy Johnson knows this. Timothy Blackman knows this. Chris Wiggins knew this. Every promoter in the Georgia Carolinas knows this. Without competition, without balance of 
good wrestling and good storytelling in and outside the ring. Uh, great talent roster. Um, good production. And knowing your fan base, knowing your clientele, you flop. Well, Christopher, I really appreciate your analogy on the whole, on the whole investment, but I know getting close to the end of that time of our show here, um, but I got to pick your brain on this one more time. We talked about it in about midway through the show. When you say, I just want to make sure I understand just so there's no misconfusion between yourself and I, okay? Okay. When you say that you don't have to face Christian Fury or the tag team of Dead Reckoning, any of those guys that had a big hand of ending your in-ring career, right? You don't look at them as the fact that they were greenhorns. You know, you want to face someone with a bigger caliber name than they were, you know, to prove yourself. For you to redeem yourself, you want to get in the ring with someone with a bigger name, more, more talented than they were, you know. So the fact that Christian Fury is a former Tank Fist champion, UCW champion, seven-time AWF champion, current AWF tag champions, or, you know, the last AWF tag team champions, I should say. And I guess you could say the last UCW World Tag Team champion they would. And they're one of Mike Ellison's bad boys at wrestling number one contenders for their tag team championship. You still don't consider them a top-notch or at your level you want to face someone above them. So my question is, who do you consider above them that you want to step in the ring with, that you would redeem yourself with? And instead of you chasing them for a shot, they're going to want to chase you and have a shot because them wrestling you will make them famous. I could name a whole bunch of teams right now. <laughs> Boys. I'm sorry. I didn't expect you to say that. You knocked the velvet out of the park. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I just want to go for the ugly ducklings and uh, have a stellar match. If uh, White Mike yeah. didn't retire, the Gymnasty Boys would have been a great team to go up against. Uh, yeah. Multiple tag teams that run the circuit right now in the CSRA, Georgia Carolinas. Uh, hell, I would go up against the international superstars, and that's a man and a woman. That's the dream girl, Ellie and Blanco Loco, and still have a, uh, a higher profile match than one with Dead Reckoning. I wouldn't aim higher because I want my talents and the talent of the person who's tagged up with me to be showcased with a higher caliber of talent to prove that we can hang with the best. I don't and, want to play on the kiddie swing when I can go and play in the big boy part. And you're what you're saying, the dead reckoning is not at a best level. Dead reckoning is daycare. We want to be in high school. Ooh. Hold on a second. Say it one more time. I said dead reckoning is playing in the daycare. I want to go play in the high school. Wow. I They're just, hanging out at the freshman I, table. I want to be with the seniors. They're at the freshman table. You want to be with the seniors, huh? If I wanted to go play with the bad boys of wrestling, I would go find Demolition Axe and all them others who are still chopping and foaming at the mouth to get a penny here and there and not worth the draw anymore. Oh, shit. Oh, God. What 
Mikey, and I want to hang out with the talent who are going around and making an impact on the business now, not the ones who made an impact years ago. Granted, they have a lot to give to the business. Don't get me wrong. They have a lot of knowledge and a lot of things that they could offer. But if I want to make an impact and I want to make a name, I want to go up against somebody who's making waves now. Not somebody who made waves back then that's now just, you know, you little know, rip, ripples. Dark, you've heard of Night Stalker has a GoFundMe page. He's trying to raise $2,000 so he can launch his dream. He's hoping that he thinks he has the skill level. And I'm not knocking him, okay? I'm actually supporting him, okay? But he actually thinks he could, he could compete with anybody that he's trying to go for Impact Wrestling. He's trying to make it to Impact Wrestling. He's trying to get trout bait. He's got a GoFundMe page to try and um, earn $2,000 so he can go have a tryout and hopefully maybe get a job at Impact Pro Wrestling. I mean, yeah, he's close I mean, to his 50 uh, years old. There's, there's two directions I could go with this. I could be the nice okay. guy and say, uh, you know, uh, good for him. I hope it all works out for him, nothing but the best. But then part of me, since talking about pro wrestling, wants to go back to the old Chris Dickens. They're like, well, hell, he already wrestled without a crowd anyway, so what's the difference? Oh, shit, Chris. Come on. <laughs> I mean, Impact doesn't have a crowd right now. The only thing they got going for them is this crossover with uh, AEW. Well, I, I mean, forgot to want to wrestle. I mean, why, why does he want to aim lower? He's already working for a promotion that doesn't have a crowd anyway with Bad Boys Wrestling. Age, if you're over a certain age, WWE won't touch you now. No, they won't. WWE but, won't touch you. But, but AWA Power, Impact, and AEW, they don't have those age restrictions. If you're past a certain age, WWE would not take you at their uh, performance center at NXT. Yep. So, I mean, what, what else can you shoot for? I mean, Impact is not a bad place to get your... You know, foot in the door. I mean, Kurt Angle, Bobby Lashley, Jeff. I mean, this got some history right now. I mean, let's face the Impact tradition. Hell, they last longer than WCW and ECW. I mean, I give. I mean, it's true. I mean, like I said, I, my I, I was getting off the end of Billy Morgan's NWA down there in Atlanta. You can't get a tryout down there. I mean, I've seen some of the guys who's had on those shows. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, when I look at it, though, anything is possible. You know, they say it was unheard of at the time for a guy like George Foreman to ever win the world championship, and he did that by knocking out Michael Moore at 45 years old. If Don believes in him and stuff, man, you never know. You know, he goes every Friday night to Royston, Georgia now and wrestles. You know, he's still wrestling bad boys of wrestling. I mean, the man's trying. I've I got to give credit where credit's due. I know we've had our problems with Don Brown in the past, and Lord knows. I had the biggest problem with him um, for lying to my face or having somebody else do the line for me or whatever it was. The whole issues with UCW that I've had with him. Granted, yeah, but, you know, as in the past, you know, talked about it. It's water under the bridge. I'm moving forward. He's moving forward, which is why I shake his hand. I wish him good luck, man. Hey, if he can make it, by all means, talk about against all the odds, man. I mean, Lord knows he's trying. 
I got to give them credit, man. The man's one to go. This one, see, that's one thing I love about this country, Christopher, the land of opportunity. When one door closes, another door can open. Just think about what happened to you. The worst thing in the world could have happened to you, like three days later or a week later, another door of opportunity opened up for you, and look how it worked out for you. So this thing happens for Don, and you know, and an opportunity closed, but another one opens up. And, hey, it's America, man. Dreams can come true if you want to bust your ass and work for it. I'm, completely- I'm proud of him, but at the same time, I, I toward the bad way at first against, I totally see what you're talking about at the same time. It's, it's kind of a mixed reaction, I guess. But I was pretty funny. So you're at the senior table, you don't want to be at the freshman table, huh? Nope. Okay, okay, okay. You I want to hang with the big boys, not the bad boys. What? Okay, what? What good boy? What? What? what name? Give me one opponent that you want to get in the ring with and wrestle. It's gonna make people's jobs drop when they ask, "Wait, is this really happening? Is this really happening?" Man, I'm gonna buy a ticket and go find out and see this thing happen. When Chris Tigger returns to the ring, heads are gonna turn. I almost wanted to pay a hundred bucks, man. If I could book one match, I think a match that you would take in a heartbeat is Chris Dickens versus Brandon Parker. There, I said it. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. I can talk 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 to a promoter, and I can sponsor my podcast, will sponsor the match, and it will happen one last time. One more time. I, I guarantee it, people will buy a ticket to see it. Yeah, it's almost a guarantee. Um, Chris Dickens versus uh Charlie Anarchy would be another one that people would pay to see. Um, that match a DVD player on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> I even go so far. I even another go so far that. Look, there's a lot of names that I never got a chance to work, and there's a lot of guys who are on a, a resurgence with their wrestling careers, and one of those guys I never got to work with was Darkness. Yeah, Darkness Chase, I, he was a guy I would definitely would love to uh, bump around with. I would definitely like to lock horns with him, too. I think that guy, he's, he's uh, a tremendous talent, tremendous heart. I think he's very, very um, misunderstood in the business. Um, but he's one of the nicest guys I think you'll ever meet. You know, and yeah, yeah, he's one of the guys that I felt like uh, definitely should have been, should have been able to have a more of an opportunity to have made it further than we did. Uh, not that he didn't make it far. My God, he doesn't make it pretty far. But like I said, I think he's misunderstood in the business by a public guy. But yeah, darkness, man, un, 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 unlimited talent, man. The guy could do it all. And I got nothing but positive things to say about him, which reminds me, man, we need to look to get him on the shootout one day. And Lord knows he got, does he got a story to say? Yeah. And, um, well, Chris, we're going to wrap things up here, man. I had a good laugh this afternoon. I, pre- I know the rest of the fans would definitely appreciate some of our wrestling humor, if you would. But, you know, <laughs> one more time. <laughs> why do you think? Why do you, why do you don't think Chris think it should go up against Dead Reckoning again? Tell me again. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny. Oh, because... Why do I want to play with the preschoolers when I can go play with the high schoolers? So you want, so you want Russell's a high schooler, so you want to those seventeen year olds. I don't want to 
play two-hand touch. I want to play tackle. You're supposed to play tackle. <laughs> I don't want I'm to shop at Dollar Tree. I don't want to shop at General. I want to shop at Walmart. <laughs> oh, want, so you don't want to go to Dollar General. You want to shop at Walmart, huh? <laughs> yeah, I want to go to the big, the big uh, supermarket. You 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 don't want to go to the going out of business cell every day. You want to go to the grand opening. <laughs> I don't want to marry the desperate winch. I want to be the one to marry the the one who's hard to get. Uh, hard to get, huh? <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a whole lot of aspects. I've already proved my worth against dead reckoning before. I want to go up against the best, so they have to prove their worth to me. You want to go up against the best, so they can, ha- so they have to prove their worth to you. If that's pretty good, going up against dead reckoning would be uh, a way to get retribution, so to speak, the redemption, right? Right. My aspects of it is, I want to be better than dead reckoning, so I want to face someone better than dead reckoning, so dead reckoning has to prove. That they're worthy to wrestle me. Uh, I mean, that's fine. That's a cool way to look at it. Me, I'm not looking for a detour sign. I ain't looking to prove that I got a better moveset and a better quality talent. I just want to knock Christian Fury out. I'm going <laughs> to ground him down. I'm going to make him submit. I'm going to, hell, hell, I'm going to put a submission. I'm going to make him scream Christian in his name before I let go, before I snap his ankle. How about that? Well, you could have done that with my ex-girlfriend. It would have made me a lot happier. Ex-girlfriend, that's been, what, 10 years since you've had one? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I ain't gonna sit here and, uh... What the hell? <laughs> anyway, wow. I just blew my own mind. That's crazy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I had the damn call coming in, but... Yeah, like I said, <laughs> yeah, I married I married your ex girlfriend sister, so let's not bring and bring that shit over. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> Do what? Do what? I said let's not go there. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness gracious. Anyways, with that being said, man, let's go ahead and wrap things up, Chris. I appreciate being on the show. We had a good time this afternoon. Oh man, I can't wait for this to go on there. But guys, stay with me soon. I'm gonna try to. I'm getting uh, JC Walker's gonna be my next guest on the show. Christian Fury will be joining. I hope. And Christian Fury himself is gonna be on the show. I guarantee you, he's gonna want to respond to this, ladies and gentlemen. That being said, I've got some new things coming on the shootout, so bear with me. I got some great wrestling topics coming up. I'm gonna have it in the likes of Chris Dickens, Josh Field, Mass Fury. Although he didn't, he didn't wear a mask. Blake's going to be coming back on the show. On this segment of the show, not only we're going to be talking about indie wrestling, we're going to dive back into wrestling. Some of my guests are going to be talking about the Monday Night Wars with Monday Nitro. Chris Dickens has got the attitude error. Me and Josh Fields are going to take on old school NWA, maybe a little bit of AWA, maybe Florida Championship Wrestling. Hell, I don't know. We're going to dive into it all. Of course, me and Blake's will be taking care of everything currently going on in the Thunderdome of the WWE and AEW and probably NWA and maybe a little bit of Impact and maybe a little bit of New Japan. So, well, that being said, I got more guys coming on the show here. My goal this year, my goal is to try to get darkness. So if y'all hear about darkness, y'all reach out to them. Let's get them on the shootout. 
Let's get some more great talents in the shootout. Everybody listening to this show, we all got a great story to tell. Let's get let's let the shootout be your stage and tell your story. This is wrestling therapy. Let's just get it on. Let's just get it out. God, Lee Chris, I'm going on and on, ain't I? Let me said, y'all, y'all have a good day. I'm sorry. I'm high on caffeine and EAA, ML, and super creatine. And really, God, it's just got a lot of caffeine in it. No wonder I'm rambling on. That being said, Adrian Davis, I do apologize to my wife. She does know who you are now. She apologizes. Who the sin is Adrian Davis? Hey, Chris, let me get a shirt made that says that. Who the sin is Adrian Davis? I love it. That was funny. Y'all have a good day. They know the captain. <laughs>